and that's the idea behind legacy. Everyone is leaving a legacy. Um, just because your legacy is garbage doesn't mean you didn't leave it and it wasn't a legacy. Right. So the question is not, are you leaving a legacy? It's the question is, what kind of legacy are you leaving? Welcome to another episode of the Carpe Fide podcast, where if the shoe fits, you wear it. And if the truth hurts, you bear it. I am Justin Gruber. And I am Jesse Gruber. And today we hope you will seize, seize the, the faith. faith. Welcome to another special episode of the Carpe Fide podcast. We are back, baby. We're back in the saddle again. That was awful. And we are not alone. We are joined tonight by a special guest. Not John, JC. <laughs> not JC. John Pops Gruber is here tonight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> we're uh we're we're gonna we're recording we're recording episode forty five tonight. Episode forty five, Jesse. We we're making it, baby. Slowly yeah, but surely. Man. This is this episode will be entitled Legacy with Pops. We wanted to bring a little bit of uh, legacy, both our legacy, our father's legacy, um, and more importantly, the idea of biblical legacy, the spiritual legacy that Christ has called us to. And we wanted to chit-chat with that. And who better for us to chit-chat with that, uh, about that with, than our, uh, our father, who has given to us a spiritual legacy and a spiritual inheritance in the Lord. So how are you tonight there, John? I'm doing great. I'm doing awesome. This time change is amazing. Whoever thought of this spring forward fallback thing? Well, well they sh- anyway, it's great. I'm doing great. I'm I don't mind great. them. I don't mind them so much in the fall. I really do hate them in the spring. Well, when you're as old as me, falling back is not a good thing. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, you, you know, uh, you yeah, break no. a hip. Yeah, you break a hip. Definitely gonna break something. Break a hip. Oh. Break a leg. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Facts, baby. That don't let's just avoid falling. Generally, I don't like it. So you, uh, you, when you, when we, a lot of stuttering. When we had talked about doing this, uh, <laughs> when we had talked about doing this uh, episode, we we actually had approached you before we even we even had you on for our little cultural roundup uh, that we were able to do with you. We had just talked about what, what what would you like to speak about, and one of the things that you said you really thought would would be uh, would be impactful was to speak about legacy. Um, and so, I'm, I'm curious why uh, why did you think that there, pops? Well, it's it's kind of uh, weird. You we you guys are are still youngins, but uh, as you get older and you start entering into uh, you know your real prime at. Uh, age 50 rah, 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 something um you uh you start to look at life a little differently and you start looking saying what's what what's behind me that i'm leaving behind so it's a little uh, just a little different season of life and uh it, it you look at you look at life differently you think differently you sort plan of like differently sort of like you're seeing a you're seeing a less row at road ahead of you than there is behind you kind of thing is yeah you know it's like you know it's that old uh hey there's a light at the end of the tunnel and you know it's a train <laughs> type thing. Um, no, you just you you start you start processing thing different things differently, uh, and uh, that's I just thought it would be important to uh, you know take the idea of uh, what we leave behind for those uh, you know those generations to come, and not just the next one, but the next one and the next one and the next one, because the Bible talks in the Old Testament quite a bit about generation to generation both on the good side of things, the blessing side, and also the not-so-good side. The dark side? The dark side. Yes, the dark side. Come over here to the dark side of the force. Jesse, I am your father. Yeah, one of the most most important things to start off talking about with Legacy is the reality that if you're a leader, you're always leading. Uh, Even when you're not leading, you're still leading. You're just leading poorly. Right. And and that's the idea behind legacy. Everyone is leaving a legacy. Um, just because your legacy is garbage doesn't mean you didn't leave it and it wasn't a legacy. Right. So the question is not, are you leaving a legacy? It's the question is, what kind of legacy are you leaving? You know, Merriam-Webster defines legacy in, in three different terms. Um, the first one is a gift or money, something like that left behind. Um, and the next is, um, is something... Uh, I, uh, I, little differently um so it's more of the idea of something that you've received from your an ancestor and it's not so much inherently a thing but um 
more cultural uh, in relevance, something transmitted by or received from an ancestor or metaphysical or predecessor uh, or, or, or something from the past. So that's, that's the type of legacy I think we as Christian believers and Christian men in particular need to focus in on. Um, and it's not just for old people looking back over their lives. It's for uh, pretty much anyone uh, when, you, when you put it into spiritual terms. Right, because, again, like they're leaving a legacy. A legacy is literally going to be happening. Right. You leave something behind. Right. People are watching. People are uh, learning from you. And people have uh, a keen sense of uh, what you're about. They can figure you out. And so you, the, the call to work there is important because we are, we are going to be working for a kingdom. And, and, and the question is, which kingdom are we working for? Which, which kingdom are we building, building upon that foundation for? Are we literally building a, a foundation for ourselves? Are we leaving a legacy behind um, that is only built to ourselves? Or were we actually working on the kingdom, God's kingdom, the one that will last and endure forever and ever? And that's an important, it's an important clarification to make because <laughs> I got to tell you, sometimes people think that what they want to leave behind for their kids is that big wealth, that big chunk of wealth, that land, that that commodity, that but but the, the they they do they neglect the spiritual legacy that they've been called to leave behind, and what they end up leaving is a giant crater instead of a flourishing spiritual legacy. So, one of the things I was thinking about spiritually, just to kick us off, biblically speaking, is God's God's continual call to His people repeatedly is to teach the next generation. So when He first calls Abraham, we think of the patriarchs. Well, Abraham to Isaac to Jacob. Right, who becomes mm-hmm. Israel? Those are that's father and son. It's father to son to son. Uh, so there's already that legacy built into God's people, because that's how the covenant was built for for Abraham in legacy to go forward, um, which then carries through to all the legacies. Right? right. So you've got the 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 law. You've got you've got David. You've got the Davidic covenant. You've got that chain passed down through legacy. All the way to to Christ coming from the line of David, who then brings us, grafts us in through the new covenant. I mean, it's all it's all legacy. Yeah, it's in that legacy. It's in that legacy mindset. And that's um uh I think I first realized this concept of legacy in my own life. Uh it was a Father's Day uh at a previous church where I was an elder and uh they had asked me to do the prayer and I can never just do a prayer. You know, I always got to add something to it. I don't know. I always think it's kind of neat. What's to that add mean? Like to, interpretive well, dance? Or well, like, what, what do you mean? No, I, I have to throw some sort of biblical context before I pray or read some sort of scripture. And this one Father's Day, I remember I stood up and I actually read um, all the patriarchal names that led up to Jesus uh, in in the uh, uh, Matthew account, I think it was. And, um, you know, it just, uh, I, I had... Uh, had read all these names uh, and every one of them was a father that left behind a son who left behind a son who left behind a behind a son and all of a sudden it's you know it's it's traced to the to, to the lineage of jesus um and i thought that was impactful to me like you know these guys probably had no idea and a lot of them we don't even know anything about but yet they are in the lineage of jesus christ our savior so it just kind of like uh, made me think, you know, um, you know, I, both of you were born at that time. You were, you were much smaller, um, <laughs> not quite as wise, but, uh, uh, Who you calling wide, you know, wider, a <laughs> uh, little, little older and wider now. Um, but so that was, that was just one of the interesting things. Um, I also, uh, I'm a landscaper by trade and there's this one development that just got me like really irked. Um, it's called legacy acres. And it's this 55 and older community. And um, I'm just thinking, like, these people are moving in here and spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on these houses. And, um, you know, I doubt very much if they're going to leave them behind to their family. Um, there's just there was nothing legacy well, about not what they were doing. I suppose. <laughs> so, uh, you know, that, there's just so many times we misuse legacy. We have cars. We have a car. You know, cars. A legacy, you know. I own a legacy. <laughs> yeah, I, like that thing's not even going to last a generation. You're not going to give that to your great 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 grandchild. It's not a legacy. Right. It's it's a lot of money. You're that's riding your your rear end around. 
for not a long time. So we, we really don't have a good concept of legacy, um, and we just need to draw our mindset back to what are we leaving behind for generations to come when it comes to kingdom work right. and, and work that's going to last forever. God, God wraps God wraps up his law in legacy. Um, in Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, we think of the Shema. It was supposed to be the family that that bro- brought God's law uh, into its every day at the dinner table uh, in the morning. It was to be passed down father to children, right? Um, the, the, the familial relationship was to have embedded in it God's word so that it was something that a father conversed with son and daughter. It, it was something that the mother was supposed to structure the home around so that legacy was built generationally um, through God's truth because what was going to stand for the family was going to be God's truth Though everything else failed, God's truth would always remain. Mm-hmm. And so it was supposed Amen. to be structurally and integrally the center of the home um, was God's law. And it was only going to work if it was going to be given generationally as a legacy from from father to son to daughter. And then as they became their own family units continuing in that legacy chain, that chain link of legacy. Um, so that, 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 that extends itself right as, uh, as Deuteronomy, which is literally the second law, Deuteronomy, the second law that, that is given. The refresher course, as the children of Israel are about to enter into the promised land, it's, it's right there. Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord your God is one. And then he incorporates the fact that you're going to need to take God's law everywhere you go, and especially into your home. Uh, with your family. So, so legacy is a key part of the Christian life, of the life of God's people. It's always been that way. Agreed. I mean, I, I have, I have, I have the Bible open. I don't need to hear you paraphrase it poorly. Well, I, I did have it open, but I'm trying to share. So go ahead. Okay. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9, it says this. It says, uh, listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. These words that I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Bind them as a sign on your hand and let them be a symbol on your forehead. Write them on the doorposts of your of your house and on your city gates. Excuse me. And uh, there in verse seven, you you clearly see the the clear concept of legacy. Uh, repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. That's exactly what God told Moses to do way back in Exodus thirteen, um, right as they're exiting, like literally exiting the nation of Egypt. Um, and they're setting up, they're inst- starting to institute the, fa- the Passover feast um, and the Feast of Unleavened Bread. He says the same thing. He says, you know, when, when your children ask, this is what you shall tell them. And it's, it's that idea of passing down that heritage, that rich heritage, that rich spiritual heritage um, of, of the story of God in their life. Amen. So when I think of legacy, Dad, uh, my legacy stems from you, and, and then your legacy stems back a generation. And I'm wondering, what does legacy look like inside of the little Gruber clan? Well, there's probably parts of it that you guys don't even maybe recognize or realize. So I'm glad I have an opportunity to kind of share our own uh, idea uh, or concept of legacy from our own family. Now, I just want to say that not everyone has a legacy of a spiritual legacy like like our family does. But I want to encourage everybody, every every day you have a chance to start a legacy either in your own life, as you pass um, pass things on to others in your family, um, or maybe you're single and you don't have you don't have a wife and children and things like that that you can work on inside of a of a more of a home concept like the Deuteronomy passage. But you have friends, you have co workers, you have uh, church families that 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 you love and that love you. And they need your leadership, and that is you passing on godliness to others. 
uh, and encouraging others. And you don't know what God's going to do with that for generations to come. God turns that type of kingdom work into an everlasting thing. And that's where you can be a legacy for generations to come without even being married or having children. You can start a legacy today. So uh, here's here's the Gruber legacy. Um, my mom and dad drug us to church and dropped us off at a Methodist church when I was little. They didn't really attend, didn't have an interest, but they knew it was important. Is this back when John Wesley was actually pastoring? Um, or? A little bit after that. Oh, just okay. a little, yeah, just a little bit after that. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so we grew up with knowing God, knowing Jesus and, and going to church, but not, not by any means involved, um, had a respect for things of God, but not really a knowledge. Um, God got a hold of my dad and, uh, my mom and, uh, they started dragging us to another church where we heard the gospel. My brothers, my, my brother and I, my two older brothers were out of the house at that time. Um, and that's where I came to know the Lord. But I watched my dad just kind of uh, change. Um, God got a hold of him. Uh, he allowed he allowed the spirit to work in him. And uh, as a as a farmer in southern New Jersey, turned um, shift worker in a chemical plant, turned uh, entrepreneur in his own little saw sharpening business and lawnmower repair shop, um, God really did a work in him. Uh, and that's where I look at our Gruber family legacy beginning. Now, what was interesting is uh, my my grandfather, we called him Pop-Pop Gruber. Um, my dad reached back a generation. And before my Pop-Pop passed away, he came to know the Lord in large part because my dad drug him to the cross and said, you got to do something about this, dad. Uh, my my Pop-Pop um, got baptized in his bathtub because he had a bum foot. Couldn't make it to church. So uh, our pastor came over with my dad, and, and uh, Pop-Up Gruber got baptized in uh, in a bathtub. Oh, there you go. Um, and uh, shortly thereafter, uh, went home to be uh, to be with his, his newfound Savior. So that, that my dad kind of reached, reached back a generation. Um, so my dad, I believe, started a, a rich spiritual heritage in our family. Um, you know, uh, drug me to church and... God did the same thing in my heart. Um, you guys know the story from from there where God uh, used mom and myself to bear you two children. And uh, that was hard. <laughs> Pay, well, paybacks are coming still. Well, you know, I was but, thinking, you know, as you're but, telling that story, your story, your story with God getting a hold of your dad as you're growing up. It's similar to our story, although mm-hmm. in, a, in a, perhaps a less dramatic way, more so in, in maturing in faith, God dramatically got a hold of you with mm-hmm. with calling with mom's deep depression and yeah. and really re, the complete re, the complete the complete I guess it's a very popular word deconstruction of our family mm-hmm. <laughs> and then reconstructing it into a a much more biblical uh, model of what a family looks like. And he used hardship to do that. Yeah, yeah. That was a that was a very hard time where God redefined. No, it was it was more than redefining. You know, um, a lot of the, a lot of the biblical models are more like uh, have the idea where uh, God God comes in and he he uh, he he paints the house, or you know, or maybe he even knocks the house down and builds a new one on the same foundation. This this is not how God does it. A lot of times, what he did with our family is, uh, you know, my wife had uh had depression so deep it affected everything we did my business your you guys as you were growing up and God used that to to not just uh deconstruct us what he did was he just got the bulldozer and he just leveled the whole lot you know the whole the whole foundation was going and everything and he built a new foundation with a with a deeper roots um he built a better structure because it wasn't our structure. It was his structure. We were just living in it, you know, and that's what he did with our family. But but that gave us a mindset as a family that to, to put in perspective what is what is proper when it comes to living a godly life and what it means to live a godly life with eternity in mind. And when you live with a life with eternity in mind, you realize that your life is fleeting and you need 
to pass on those godly uh, principles, mandates, everything you learn, you pass it on. They're not yours to keep. They're yours to allow flourish in others. And that's the mindset of legacy that, uh, that God worked out in us. I look at you two boys. I see how God has grown you. You have the concepts of legacy. You understand the importance of God's word being first. And you are passing that on to your children, my grandchildren. I try to spoil them. You straighten them out biblically. It's a wonderful thing to watch. <laughs> that's not entirely true. You, you, got, you and mom are so deeply involved in embedding. It is such a... But it, it all stems from that 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 impactful change. I mean, that impactful change that God brought our family through changed uh, changed the way changed the very paradigms upon which our our family lived and moved and breathed and found life. Um, and I I am incredibly grateful. Me and Jesse were just sharing our testimony on um, ordinary people um, with extraordinary lives podcast with Arlie, and and we just walked through that, um, and it was such a it was such a, a deep rem- remembrance of how dramatic where where we could have been when I look back on it, where we would be now would wouldn't it would just not be the the place we are. Um, and and this, to see you work generationally with your grandkids is awesome. Um, man, they man they love they love pops and ma, <laughs> really really do. Um, and you have so many of them. <laughs> Each not enough. Get busy. No, 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 no. Not you, Jesse. Jesse, you're all tapped out, buddy. <laughs> well, I mean, you know. So uh, you surprise. Yeah. No, <laughs> this is not the time <laughs> not to announce time. that. Not here on the podcast. I, uh, for, for those listening who, who may be, I mean, listen, the reality is, is we're probably unique because God's preserved a legacy for us for just a few generations here. Um, but there are, there are people who are just starting this, this, uh, this life in Christ. And just start, there are people who are new to it. There are people who, are, who, who have been um, in the family of God for a long time, but yet just not clued in. And I just want to encourage that this is our story. This, God, God unraveled us, and he, he stitched back together a wonderful tapestry. But it, it's not easy. It's hard. It's something that takes engagement. It's something that you have to focus on because you want to live for Christ. You want his mandates and his principles to be foremost and out front of you so that others can see that and be inspired to believe in Jesus Christ and follow him. Um, and I think that's what, what legacy, that's where spiritual legacy begins for anybody so I don't want to. I don't want anyone to think that. Oh wow! If you know to start a spiritual legacy or to start a legacy in your family for generations to come, it's going to mean God's going to bulldoze my life and make a train wreck out of me. And that's not necessarily the truth. He just wants you to follow Him and do what He commands and and have Him be Lord of your life, so that you can reach into someone else's life and leave behind something that's stamped in their heart that God would be pleased with. It's absolutely true. I think I think the first thing it starts with for for anybody for for any of you listening for for all of us really is, and it really comes down to a, a moment by moment faith that God calls us to. It's to prioritize correctly what God calls us to prioritize, to put into perspective rightly your life, to order it correctly. Um, and part of that um, is it it comes right from Jesus's own mouth in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew. Chapter six, starting in verse twenty, where he tells you to to store up yourself for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We are to treasure God first and foremost. He goes on in that same chapter to unpack that we worry so much about what we will eat and what we will wear and what we will what we will how we will sustain life when when he calls us to something so much more. There's so much more than simply worrying about those things and being anxious for those things and not being anxious for the things of the kingdom. Mm-hmm to build the kingdom of God. So it's simply, it's, it simply starts first with ordering your life rightly towards the king, towards the sovereign Christ himself, so that once your life is ordered, you're following Christ in his kingdom building. As soon as you start following Christ in his kingdom building, no matter what stage of life you're in, whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're married with kids, whether you are a child, it doesn't matter where you are in your stage of life. Once your life begins to be oriented around the God of all, 
things, you suddenly can can put things into that proper category where they belong and begin to move in legacy towards what what God would call you to move towards. Yeah, and I honestly, I, th- I think that that's a lot harder. Well, it's a lot easier said than done. Absolutely. In yeah, our culture. Because there, uh, there's, first off, families are so broken. Like, I, I forget I forget the statistics, so I'm not going to even try to quote them. But the statistics of um, both unwed, unwed um, parents uh, and divorced parents is just, it's the majority of relationships now. The majority of kids are growing up without two-parent households. Do you have statistical insight? Okay. I mean, um, yes. It, you're, you're talking about statistics that are greater than 50%, 50% there, and it's that, that, that itself is, is a very devastating idea. Yeah. And I mean, and but, but beyond just that, our culture is also extremely self-centered. Marriage is delayed. Maturity is stunted, um, if acquired at all. It, you'd rather have a dog than have a baby. Why? Because dogs just give you happiness and, you know, whatever. And, and if you, and let's just be clear, if you can, if you can chain it up and leave it at, leave it at home for four or five hours unattended, it's not a child. Okay. Let's just be honest. All right. That's just facts. <laughs> well, you definitely should not be chaining up your child. <laughs> that's that's, that's the idea. You, you can't, you can't do that. So, so if you can do that, then it's not a child. You, you're not being a parent. You're not, you're not a, you're not a, a grandparent to a Shih Tzu. That's just not a thing. <laughs> that's not a thing. <laughs> I was, I was, uh, well, that's a bumper sticker. I knocked on a door for a, a customer's door this week. Uh, it is a bumper sticker. And, uh, the, the the front door had a little sticker had a little dog on it and it was a you know a little sign for the firefighters to save the don't save the dog in case of fire and I knocked on oh the door God. and a, and a little like three year old came and oh, opened the front oh, door oh, and I'm oh like oh wow where's where's the little child <laughs> sticker <laughs> wasn't any little child sticker say save the child Why? it was save the dog okay but anyway priorities 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 but, but yeah yeah I mean there's so there's the, those two things but. But I think what we forget, and I think, Dad, you you started touching on it a little bit earlier, is the idea that that we are anyone really is in a position to begin leaving a legacy um, for for those after them. I mean, you know, you don't have to follow in the wake of destructions that your parents and your grandparents left if the, if they left one, if if they divorced, or if they. Or if, if your dad left or if your mom left or whatever, you don't have to continue in that pattern and you don't have to be scared of becoming a parent right. or be scared of, of being in a loving relationship with a husband or a wife. You don't have to be scared of those things because by God's grace, if you submit to him and, and conform your life to how he would have you live it, you can break that cycle and start and start leaving right. a, legacy, a legacy, a good and powerful and strong legacy that's far more powerful than any destruction that became before it. Certainly. Right. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Amen. And this is a, this is a, yeah, we don't mean to make it sound light. I don't mean that I didn't mean to do that. I, I, I did want the first step to sound, to sound simplistic because it is the reorientation of your life. But, but God is clear. He uses the terms of war throughout his word for a very specific reason. It's because we are in the midst of a battle. We're in the midst of a battle for the very, souls of humans you've never you've never interacted with a mere mortal you've always interacted with someone who will exist in eternity and and so the the question is are we willing to take take that first step and begin that fight uh, for his kingdom the joy of it is is that he is able to work that in us he does not leave us alone to figure that out on our own he gives us his word and his spirit to uh, to help us through that um, and then additionally, he gives us community to bring to bear through his spirit and through the word and through the community of his church to walk into these things, no matter what stage of life you're at. And that is uh, that is the joy uh, of, of what Christ calls us to the, the new family, the family of new birth uh, together to move in towards legacy. Amen. Amen. I was um, I mentioned that you don't have to be married or have a family, but you know, there's, there's, I, I will call men to be godly, to, to seek out a godly wife. 
um, and to make that a priority. That's a that's that's a good thing. Who whosoever finds a wife finds a good thing. So I'm not saying to not pursue the familial type of legacy that I just described in my family, but call to men. Um, and, and I also want to mention there, there are, there are men who think themselves very godly that leave behind very poor legacies. They are so about themselves spiritually. I know pastors whose sons and daughters are shipwrecked, just wasted as far as kingdom work goes. What is it? Doug, so. Doug Wilson that calls it the neglected qualification. Mm. The neglected qualification yeah. of the family, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and those elders who who elder well are ones that have their families in order. And that includes um, leaving behind the proper legacy uh, and developing mature believers behind you. So that's, that's you know, it, it's there's a lot to this idea of legacy. Um, that, that, uh, it's not just a word. It's not just, uh, it's not just a car we drive. It's, uh, it's, it has a deep, powerful, meaningful, um, thread that stitches together our lives, um, in the biblical realm. I just keep thinking of Subaru every time you say it. Yeah. <laughs> just the car we drive. Subaru legacy. Uh, I, I keep thinking of, uh, what is it? Old Lecrae. It's like, job you wear, the clothes you wear. He's getting asked Christian first. Oh, Old Decray the rapper. Job, I'm so, I thought Old Decray was some sort of scotch yeah, you tried recently. I'm very confused. <laughs> oh, yes. Old Decray. It's a very smooth <laughs> and smoky finish. You mean Old School Decray in, in Christian? Yes. Back yes. before whatever deconstructing he do to him. Yes. Mm. Anyway, what a what a bad legacy. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> got a little furtick, got a little furtick up there. Oh man, all, all <laughs> oh, up. Got here we go. A little furtick up. <laughs> no. All right. <laughs> Moving. Move past it. Yeah, that's why. That's why. It's <laughs> every time. Every time. Furtick always gets me off course. I take the blame for all this. <laughs> and oh you should. I never should have said Lecrae. <laughs> oh, you said it again. You said it again. <laughs> I'm comfortable in giving you the blame, so I, I'm glad you've you've took that on your shoulders. Psalm 127, four through five, does indeed tell us, and this is probably one of the things that I think the church can grab a hold of quickly to to start to right the ship. He says, "Like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the sons born in one's youth." Happy is the man who has filled his quiver with them. They will never be put to shame when they speak with their enemies at the city gate. There's something so vast and deep about these two verses. Because it literally, it it refers to sons born in one's youth as arrows in the hands of a warrior. Which which literally means that, that it's so many people... Oh, the Bible doesn't use militant language. The Bible doesn't use use these things in real terms. It means it means something else. It always obfuscates them at the end. I'm like, no, no, no. Kids are literally weapons against evil. <laughs> They're literally, literally weapons against evil. That a godly man who raises godly kids has has a quiver full of arrows. It's to just fire your interpretation. <laughs> yeah, it's just my interpretation of what it explicitly says. People, I feel like if it says what it says, then that's that's the interpretation. Sometimes you know, you know. Sometimes it, we just overcomplicate. <laughs> well, Psalms is just a song, and it's using metaphors to. Oh my gosh, these this these men these men are able to speak. Right with their enemies at the city gates and not be put to shame because their enemy is staring back at a vast army, a vast army that stands at the ready. And that's what the Christian church is. That's why the family of new birth is not something to be, to be neglected in the, in the word. It's not something to be treated as just a, um, a metaphor. It's something to be, to be grasped as a legacy. It's a family of new birth. The family together raises up the next generation in the church, and that next generation goes forward into battle. It marches into battle, right? And it, it, if there's if the generation before them has seeded all the ground, all they they, they haven't even given them a, a legacy to walk into, uh, and, and that and that's where that's what this generation of the church needs to be about. This needs to be about reclaiming the ground that is that God has given. The truth that God has unwrapped in his word. You know, there's something that you just said that kind of 
tickled at the back of my head a little bit um, about the church. You know, a church, many at least in at least in our area, the churches that I have known, um, grown up alongside of, um, have a mentality, and I don't think it's the legacy mentality. You know, here, it, correct me if I'm wrong, guys. That maybe maybe you out there listening have have experienced this too, but uh, you know. Ask yourself, where did your pastor come from? And I would say 90% or more of you would probably say they came from a different source other than your congregation. Um, And, you know, the mentality, at least in our area, is, you know, if we need a youth pastor, we're going to go hire a youth pastor. And 90% of the times that youth pastor is hired with outside of the church because they've done had some experience or went to certain Bible school or so-and-so knew so-and-so or that church just fired there so they're available but the legacy mindset that I that I see in scripture is leadership comes from within and that doesn't happen unless you're willing to teach the next generation I am a firm believer that churches should be self-replicating their leadership from within. Mm. And when you have to look outside of your church for leadership, something has gone desperately wrong. Mm. Um, And part of that is we would rather hire holiness than be mature and in a mindset of legacy, leave behind maturing believers to take my spot i don't uh, that that that's a big concept for a lot of people in churches to understand but that's a legacy mindset that is what scripture calls us to we see that time and time again in scripture we see that paul and timothy we see titus when he searches for elders in crete right he's looking for mature believers that that meet requirements and they're in Titus. They're in. They're in. In First Timothy three, we see all of these requirements for these godly men, and part of it is the qualifications are they have their household in order, and that's a legacy mentality. That is leaving behind Christ to your next generation, and we don't see that in churches like we should. If we did, we'd be self-replicating our leaders. So you're saying that when Paul left Timothy with instruction in Ephesus to order the church, that Timothy didn't write a letter to to the um, Jerusalem Church Seminary for their next best recruits to be sent over to to Ephesus. You're saying he actually looked in inside of Ephesus to actually build up the church structure inside of Ephesus. Is that what you're saying? That's that's uh, pretty much what I think I see in the scriptures. I see I see churches who are maturing believers. And the church explodes in the Mediterranean, and it does that all without one single pastor who graduated from a seminary with a degree. It didn't well, that's happen. That's just insane. I it's don't know. It's just a crazy scenario. <laughs> I feel like so. And what? And and how did those early believers learn? Well, clearly they they, they could learn? not have possibly learned if they didn't have that resource available to them. <laughs> Stuff to think about, and this 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 again goes falls back to that legacy mentality of teaching those who are around us, those behind us, need to uh, need to grow and mature, so that when you're all getting old like me and getting up there in the years, they push you. You pull them, and then they push you, and you will be pushing me one day (laughs) (laughs) in a nice in a nice wheelchair. Oh, a battery operated. Get a rascal, a rascal. There you go. By that, you know. But by the time you're in one, don't worry. Tesla's going to have a real awesome. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Real awesome electric model. Yeah, Yeah, we're by the time you need that stuff, we'll be pushing some Wally stuff. There you go, (laughs) Wally. (laughs) So I think. (laughs) Oh gosh, this is how it gets off topic. Bring in the SpongeBob reference. <laughs> it's first grade, SpongeBob. Anybody oh. have a quarter? Evil! <laughs> the forces of evil! Merman. All right. <laughs> I, oh, my God. Oh, that one got me. That one got me. Um, I, think, I think one of the... Again, nothing is to make this sound easy. Uh, Hopefully by now we're actually painting what what actually does look like work because one of the things you'll find when you start to orient your life correctly around uh, the sovereign Lord is that he has called us us to take up the responsibility which he's given. And too frequently frequently nowadays, particularly in the church, 
we are we are abdicating responsibility in everyone um that doesn't matter whether you're whether you're a single man or a woman whether you're whether you're a, a husband and wife whether you're a, a father or mother whether you're a child growing up in a home we we abdicate all those response different responsibilities and there's different responsibility classes and we just abdicate them away as if they there is no responsibility in there that we're called to specifically firmly take a hold of um and it turns out because when you take a hold of responsibility it is work right um we like to yeah we like to rescue, I was just going to say we like to ref- reference uh, Jocko Wilnick on this on this podcast periodically, and he calls that extreme ownership. <laughs> yeah, yep. I mean, Dad, when you were talking about you know how God just completely bulldozed our family, uh, just completely just leveled everything, you know it 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 really is easier just to leave things like that. Like, you know, that's why you, that's why, that's why these, all these deconstructionists, these, these progressive deconstructionists, they revel in their deconstruction as if they've done something difficult. They haven't done anything difficult. Destroying things is easy. We all can destroy things. We all can tear down things. It's building back up. It's building back better. (laughs) Oh, that's catchy. Come on, man. No, it's but but it is it is the fa- it is the faithfulness it is the blood sweat and tears it is it is years and years of plotting to get back to um, some semblance of um, not really normal life because I mean boy what's that but some sense of productive uh, legacy and that's the harder thing to do but that's the more honorable thing to do um, and that's the type of work that we need to be found doing. Uh, when Christ returns, you know, uh, we, we, we should not be busy bodies. We shouldn't be idle in our faith, but we should be working diligently, um, in those things, um, for, for that, for the sake of all the, of all of that legacy. And ultimately legacy is there to expand the kingdom and to fulfill the great commission yet as we fire those arrows into the chest of our enemies. Exactly. Amen to that. I, I mean, this is, and this is true no matter where you are, single men, single women in the church, there, there will be no, there will be no sorrow in Christ's eyes when He returns to find you preaching the gospel in the places you work, and and speaking life of of the gospel into your your families, and also simultaneously cultivating the relationships with the children that are inside your church, local church communities as well. There will there there will be no sadness in Christ's eyes when He comes back to find you doing those things, and and that 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 starts there for the the single man and woman, mother, mother and father in the church. God will not will not find sorrow. He will be he will be joyful to see you laboring at your dinner table, right? Putting the time in uh, to to share meals and truth with your family. He will he will be he will be joyed. That will be glory to him uh, to come back and return finding you doing that but also to those of you that are older in the church there is no retirement club in christ's kingdom um there there is no place uh to think you have arrived in your retirement your job may offer it but the church does not and so for you to not be passing on the years of wisdom and 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 life experience that god has given to the generations behind you uh is a waste but god will not he will be joyful to come back to find you pouring into the young married and the single and the children in your church community because that's what the family of new birth does. That's right. That's right. I was reminded about a month ago we were in community group and I forget I, the question came up or something but I remember one of our uh, one of our young ladies who is uh, expecting with their first child Kareen. I just remember her one night. Uh, I remember her one night. Sorry about that. Leaned away from the mic. Um, she just uh, was overwhelmed with... Um, with the idea that inside of her was another generation growing. And she mm-hmm. looked back at her own life and the, the amazing work that God did in her life and, and in her husband Josh's life uh, to, to illuminate their hearts to the need of salvation and to, and to, and to, and to uh, just swoop into their, their desperation, um, bring them together, they get married and, and now they find themselves um, going to be mom and dad for the first time. And she was just saying how how good God is that they can experience now how to raise a child in in a godly way. 
Uh, so I, I, that's the type of thing that we need to, to remember and grasp and get our priorities right when we look back to the next generation behind us, whether it's in our families or in our church families. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's that's why we that's why we practice discipleship. Like that's why we continue to to challenge one another and grow one another and spur one another on to maturity and then replicate that. <clears throat> Excuse me, replicate that in other people's lives. I mean, that's it's it's legacy building all over the place, not just within families. I completely agree. And I mean, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I believe both Josh and Kareen. Um, our first generation Christians, is, yes. I, I'm, as far as I know, yes. As far yep. as I know, that's yep. true. And like, what a what a just tremendously beautiful. I mean, she was crying. I was starting to cry. It's it's an overwhelming thought. I but, can't see someone cry without starting to cry. Oh yeah, no. It's, <laughs> I had to leave the room. We're done. <laughs> but, that was a good. But it, it was it was it was a, it was such a beautiful thing to witness. Um, you know, just that that joy to be able to pass down something worthwhile to break that cycle, um, you know, and, and all that that entails for them, which, which I know is a, is a tremendous amount, um, is like mm. so, so beautiful. It is a beautiful picture. It's beautiful. I wanted to, um, you know, we, we're talking, we're talking a lot about a family, you know, having a family and leave a legacy and being single and leave a legacy. I just, uh, I was, it just, it just dawned on me. Like, you know, as you look at the new Testament, um, the church starting up and in, in, in the book of Acts and, and you think about the the epistles, how many of those church original church stories involved married families as opposed to a single man leading the way like Paul, Peter, um, Philip, you know, we we don't get any real flavor of family there. I just, you know, so it's. A, I mean, it's a, it's pretty impactful. And the legacy of the church wrote on their shoulders. You know, the one of the family, one of the more familial type pictures we see in the New Testament is one of my favorite, two of my favorite characters, actually, besides you know all the biggies, Paul and John and all that. Um, that is, traveling couple, that, that, that traveling wonderful couple, couple right? Of, of Aquila and Priscilla, Ananias you know? and Sapphira. No, oh, no, 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 not those two. No, well, they didn't. Don't, last don't too long. aspire to them. They didn't. No. Let's just say they took a short trip and had a yeah. long fall. There you go. There you go. Oh. They traveled. No, they got st- <laughs> yeah, stoners. Eh? No. Um, uh, anyway, um, yeah, Aquila and and Priscilla. Uh, you know, we see them in the New Testament. We don't we don't know a lot about them other than the fact that they had they had a ministry that was a legacy. They did. Uh, we see them in Scripture start out with Paul, you know, tent making, and and uh, they end up uh, all over the Mediterranean with house churches. Um, and uh, that's an encouragement to me to see a couple mentioned in the Bible in in God's eternal Word. Their names are written there. Um, and Paul is constantly greeting them, and uh, one of the first things they so. did was take a hold of a of a of a outgoing <laughs> single impactful speaker yeah. in the church, Apollos. Right. Apollos, right? that's right, mm-hmm. and and got him aside and said, "Hey, there's more there's more to this than what you're saying, dude. We love we and, love you how you can yeah. speak. Now we need to add some depth. Come right. on in here to our house. Let's 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 yeah. open the word with you. And that's that's exactly. And they they leave a legacy. They they, they leave behind believers. Now we don't know those believers' names, but they had an impact. How many times did Paul greet them and say, and, and, and you know, Paul's wrapping up the letter to Romans and says, "Oh, by the way, tell Aquila and Priscilla I said hi." Right? How you they know? how do they end up in Rome? Where, where <laughs> everywhere. They come from? <laughs> you know, so weren't you over there? You, stu- stu- study them sometimes. It's fascinating, and you know, study when those books of the New Testament were written. You see, it spans about maybe maybe fifteen to seventeen years. We see glimpses, little glimpses of them popping up all over in the new baby local New Testament church. That's legacy. That's how God builds his church. That's what we need to be about. Amen to that. Yeah, you, you, you're, you're right to, to point out the, uh, the impact of, of the, the maturing single man in the church, uh, taking up their responsibility and moving, pushing the gospel forward because, um, there's such there's such energy there. That's what Paul is constantly pointing out when he's talking to both the the young and the old in the church to use to the advantage what God has given them. Right, the the young in their youth and their energy, and the the 
the older in their wisdom and their maturity to work together for the good of the gospel to push forward. And there's, there's probably such a beautiful picture of that in Aquila and Priscilla speaking and teaching to Apollos. There's such a beautiful picture of exactly that thing. There's a couple that didn't seem to ever think there was retirement in the church for sure. Right. There was no day off. There was, there was the ministry and the call, the gospel call, and they were going to take it up wherever they were. In fact, they were going to take it wherever they were needed. Apparently right. That's right. <laughs> all That's across, right. all across the known world. Yeah. I, I love all of the, all of those people that whose names are in the scripture just once or twice or just a few times. Um, because each one of them had an impact on others and you know it because we sit here today as a byproduct of the early church reaching out and leaving legacy behind them. Um, and a testament, that's just, it's amazing when you start to think about the church, the bride of Christ and how it has grown. From. Yeah, you really begin to think about it. You think about the life of Stephen, Stephen's mm-hmm. life lifespan in the church is not long, mm. such a short lifespan, but yet we speak of him with such a uh, uh, deep character. I think, I think that's a, there's an important point there, wherever you are, grab a hold of the responsibility. Now it doesn't matter if you think you've already lost too much time. God can do so much in such with, so, with such little, he can do so much in such a short span of time um, for his, for his glory. And if you're going to leave legacy behind, that's the kind of legacy that lasts forever. Right. It endures forever because it's built on God's glory and not our own. Right. Man, we've said a lot in a really, sh- I feel like a really short period of time here. I mean, we're, we're like at 50 minutes. Wow. Man. Time flies when you're having fun with Pops. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> what? What? Uh, I want to I say. <laughs> the forces of evil. Merman and Barnacle Boy. Anybody have a quarter? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll eat it now. Oh yeah, go back and we check out this all day. Classic, classic SpongeBob references. Um, one of the things that I, I think is important to mention if we're to have a pop on for a legacy pop podcast is to talk about um, how impactful he is, has indeed been. Uh, him and Ma to our our kids, uh, our our kids, their grandkids. Um, the the covetous nature that Mason has over his fishing trips with mm. pops. Uh, he mm-hmm. loves those fishing chips, although although time is always in short oh, supply. Man. But man, does he, man, does he he love them? And I think that's cultivated actually in him a love for the outdoors. A kid loves survival shows and <laughs> and all that, all that. I mean, that's got pop stuff written all over it. Um, and and to to see how much Kylie, my my oldest daughter, my only daughter, my oldest, who's willing to to hear what ma has to say on spiritual things whether even if it's in a short car ride to school um that ma's able to ask questions and to listen critically for ways she can she can then ask me as the father or or my wife becca as the mother what's what we're hey kylie mentioned this that critical ear she is putting in to make sure she's hearing what's coming out of her granddaughter's heart um those are things that are, are invaluable. And the simple fact that when I, <laughs> there's few times when I feel like I come home and I am, I am just chopped liver. But if mom and pop are home, I don't think my kids even re- register that I've walked through the door after work <laughs> because they love <laughs> to be around their mom and pop to the point where I, I even see, I come home now to see my pop sometimes playing video games with my kids, although that's not really my pop's area yeah. of expertise. They whoop my butt every time. Uh, and and the, the level of imagination that goes into the games Pops plays with the kids is also absolutely incredible. You know, my um, my father-in-law told me when I first got married, and uh, Justin, you were, uh, I think you were in the oven, or just born. Um, he, was, he said, John, I'm going to give you a bit of advice. Never be child's friend they'll never respect you and that was the greatest advice i've never heeded to never in a million years did i buy into that because uh i felt that um friend in the true sense of friend is going to be one that will be able to talk about jesus and um that was just the mindset i had 
as an early father. I didn't do it right. You know that. Uh, but when God got, God shook us from, from limb to limb, um, that was one of the things that I was thankful that I was able to be positioned because I did not have to be a tyrant dad. I could be a friend of Jesus dad to you guys. And maybe there's maybe perhaps the greatest bit of advice we can give to parents is to is to realize this because I've gotten to realize this because of your relationship to me now. Uh, that is always remember you're raising up someone that one day will be your peer. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you're not setting up a relationship where you're going to be able to be a peer, then there will always be a wall between you and your child when mm-hmm. they're an adult. Um, I I find in you a a brother at arms now you I, I <laughs> it is such a great honor to have your father um, ask your opinion on matters of life mm-hmm. whether that be vocational or financial or whatever it may be but to have to be able to have a relationship where I am up here to my father because that's because he has poured into me the maturity of the scripture to walk forward in life with him. And so now I can call my, when I talk to my dad on the phone, I'm not just talking, I am talking to my dad. I'm speaking to my dad on the phone, but we're talking as brothers in Christ. There's a level of peer that happens. And if you're not raising your children to know that you're going to walk into that relationship with them, if you think somehow you're going to maintain some sort of authoritarian uh, relationship uh, when they're when you're in when you're in your 60s and they're in their 40s or 30s, you you've, you're going to mess up. You're going to mess that relationship dynamic up. You're no longer going to be able to be that peer. You haven't grown them to be a peer to you. You've grown them to remain a child to you, and that is not what we are calling. We're called to raise up our kids. They are gifts from God. They're actually His. Um, and I think I'm glad you did not heed that advice. I'm glad you didn't yep. heed it yep. because it has been an invaluable relationship for me to have with my dad and my mom. Mm. Here, 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 bully, bully. <laughs> yeah. I, I was trying to think of a scripture to end on, um, and I wanted it to be something that would be that would make that would remind all of us that we are empowered in this by the gospel of God, that the Holy Spirit through his word does this in us, but also to be a battle cry, because I think legacy is a battle cry. If children are arrows in the hands of a warrior and our churches are filled with children, and if we waste that, if we waste that, what a, what a, what a blight that is on, on the church. What a, what a blight that is that we would take arrows God has given and we would dull them down, Right so that they're just sticks with feathers. What a waste. Um, so, so I will turn your attention to 2 Timothy chapter 4, and I'm going to read a little chunk here. I'm going to read, uh, I'm going to read all the way down uh, to verse 8. It says this, Paul writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy. He says, I solemnly charge you before God and Christ Jesus, who is going to judge the living and the dead, And because of his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and teaching for the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine, but according to their own desires will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch to hear what they want to hear. They will turn away from hearing the truth and will turn aside to myths. But as for you, exercise self-control in everything, endure hardship, do the work of an evangelist, and fulfill your ministry. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, and the time for my departure is close. I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. There is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day, and not only to me, but to all those who have loved his appearing." That is a call to us all, church, a call to us all to take up arms against the forces of evil in this world. And we will do that by preaching the gospel and leaving that legacy behind. Amen. May it be a large and great wake from the ship of truth that Christ indeed is the captain of. That's great. You know, I just want to, my parting words would be, you know, uh, 
legacy. If you don't have one, get one. Uh, or, uh, or perhaps you know, perhaps encourage you to you know, uh, as as you ponder ponder, who am I, who am I going to leave behind? Just just have the mentality. Leg- legacy starts with me. Legacy starts now, and um, that might be a good start to uh, shove shove the ship off uh, off of the dock and get you floating in the right direction. Amen and amen. Well, that's, this has been such an encouragement time. I have been greatly encouraged. I hope, I hope your heart also has been moved towards that that in that cry uh, to push the ship off from the shore to take a hold of legacy now, as you are called in the space in which you are called to do it. Uh, and with that, I think there's only one thing left to say, and that is, we hope you will seize, seize the, the faith. faith.